Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Bontoon. On this podcast, we'll be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the mind of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious and open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Satnam, welcome to Third Eye Science. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you to everyone who listened to last week's episode. If you haven't, please go back and listen uh, with Julian Melanson. I feel that it was a really powerful message. I'm super excited that He is inspired to start his own podcast about creativity and yoga and meditation. And he and I have plans in January to record an episode. So stay tuned for that where I'll be on his podcast. So today I want to talk about, oh, before I start, I will just say pre-apologize for the ruckus going on behind me if you hear jingling or tapping it's the kittens they uh are in the room they pretty much follow me around wherever I go and so I have called in my guides and their guides to help them feel calm and serene (laughs) But in the moment, in this moment, they're still playing. So today I want to talk about navigating the holidays. Um, and there are like quite a few aspects of this that I think can be really triggering for people. And so I'm just going to touch on a few of them. And I also want to mention that on the most recent episode, probably it won't be the most recent episode when I release this, but on a recent episode of the Rich Roll podcast, Sri Mati, his wife, Julie Pyatt, was on. And they always, every year they do, they kind of talk about navigating the holidays with family, often people who, you know, it's, it can be, when you're spending time with extended family, it can be really challenging. So I highly recommend listening to that episode if you're interested. Scroll down, check out the show notes, and I will link it there. And I also, yeah, I just want to say I've listened to quite a few podcasts recently that just inspired me to get into this a little bit from my perspective. So first I want to say, yeah, I'll talk about the extended family thing. So for me, I travel. So I go, my family all lives in New Jersey and I live in California. And so I travel every single Christmas. I've never missed a single Christmas. I go back for about a week. This this year is no different. And I luckily my sister, so I have two sisters and my mom all still live within the same county that I grew up in and my mom still lives in the house I grew up in. And so when I go back, I'll sometimes be sleeping in my old room, which doesn't look anything like my room did when I was a kid. And so there's that. It's like you're an adult sleeping in your childhood bed, you know. So you may have that experience or you may have a different experience. Um, But that can 
that definitely uh, quite a few years ago I dealt with that energy that came up for me but what what it was was it's sort of it's so easy to fall back into those old patterns right when you go back to a familiar place your childhood home or even if it's not your childhood home you're it's the the whole family that you're not normally spending a ton of time with and everyone falls into these old dynamics it's so easy and i've talked about how i literally even now like even this summer on that that family cruise we went on i found myself acting like a 14-year-old girl with my mother. <laughs> it's like, and I don't want to be that person. I'm not that person. And so I've really spent a lot of time examining what is it about these interactions that it's me. It's not her. It's me. And the moment that you take responsibility for your own behaviors is like the moment where you start to heal the whole dynamic. So I'll just put that out there and just say that it's what I've found is I these patterns are just so, so deep that it's I find myself doing it without even noticing. And it's really, <laughs> I mean... I don't want to call in more challenging relationships, but it is the one relationship in my life where I still fall into these old patterns. With my sisters, it's a little bit different because we, you know, we don't act like we did as kids. We definitely became we we evolved our relationships as we all grew up, right? And I mean both of them have their mothers, they have two kids. My older sister actually has a 19 year old, which still he's our, you know, my oldest nephew. He is now the, in his first year of college. So, you know, so we don't act like kids to each other, but there's still those old patterns with how they, they act. And I'm doing all this self-awareness work and I can't change how they interact with me or other people. It's sometimes really hard for me to watch how one of my sisters acts like, you know, she just, it feels like she's acting like my dad, <laughs> frankly. And, and it's sort of like, oh my gosh, like really, does she know that she's doing this? But I realize, like, I can't, it's not my job to to tell her that or to fix it or to, you know, all I can do is show up for her kids as the really awesome aunt that I am, right? And same with my other sister that, you know, they're, she just has a different family dynamic than, than the, so the two sisters have very different families and it's interesting because I would say we're all close. Like I really genuinely love going there and spending time with my entire family. And I've really gotten to a place where I can be present and just be really grateful for being present with them, especially the kids. Like those four boys are like, four of my favorite people on the planet. And I love spending time with them, you know, and I don't get to spend as much time with them as I'd like. But so when I'm there, it's really special. And what I really appreciate is that they do all feel that way and I, and and even express that. My mom recognizes that I don't have to come home every Christmas, you know, <laughs> and, and my life is such that that hasn't been an issue and I can make that a priority. But at some point that may not be true, right? If I have a partner and, you know, it's 
it's just complicated. You have to make choices. And so I really acknowledge that about my family, that they, they're genuinely happy to see me and happy I'm home. (laughs) So, but it, it does bring up all these old feelings and, and it can be really triggering for people. I'll also say as a recovered alcoholic, I, it's not at all an issue for me now, but it was when I first got into sobriety, it was like, they were very gracious about making sure I was comfortable and making sure I had like special things to drink, like sparkling water and all these things. Like my brother-in-law is, he's just that, like the, the host who always wants to make sure everyone has a drink in their hand. And, and he, he's like getting me special Pellegrinos and stuff is so sweet. But, you know, they're also drinking lots of wine. And I used to be the one drinking all the wine with them. So it's it definitely um, was sort of interesting to watch and also recognize like, okay, now as my sister's drinking more and more wine, realizing like that's oh, I would have drank even more, you know, and I would have gotten even louder and gotten even more obnoxious as the night went on. And and to acknowledge that that's how, that is how it was. And, and they all had to deal with me, right? And now I'm this totally sober one watching. And I, I mean, my family, it's interesting because, a lot of alcoholics have come from a family of alcoholics and I, I don't, I'm not, you know, my family is not, my mom literally is one of those people who drinks a glass of wine with dinner and like savors it and then is done. <laughs> and, and it, I remember when I was in active in my alcoholism, I was just like, I couldn't even fathom it, right? Having one glass of wine is so funny. But now I can see that they have, you know, different relationships with with alcohol or food or whatever. Everybody has something that they use to comfort themselves, right? And I'm not like outing my family at all. It's just all human beings have something and in fact, just this morning, um, I got the little thing from my iPhone that said, check out your uh, your screen, what is it called? Screen time. Um, and I was like, okay, do I really want to look at this? But so I looked at it. And it was really interesting. I've had a very conscious relationship in the last few. Well, I mean, it comes and goes, but I try not to. I found that I'll pick up my phone and Instagram was still open. So even though I was picking up my phone to do something else, all of a sudden I'm in Instagram looking at it and it's just like, oh my God, how is this? Yeah. How is this happening? And so I looked at all of, it tells you what app you look at the most and how much time over the course of a week. And I'm happy to report that the app that actually has the most time is Insight Timer, which is the meditation um, app that I use. And I often leave it on like the screen is still on because I'm just looking at it I'm doing a Kriya and I just look at the time I don't have like bells ringing so I just look to see how long I've done this thing for three minutes and now it's time to do something else for two minutes whatever it is but um the second most used app in my phone which comes as no surprise to me is Instagram. And to look at like the total amount of time, it's 
nine hours, nine hours a week that I spend on Instagram. Like that's an entire day's work. (laughs) And so I encourage you, if you have not looked at your screen time um, statistics, check it out, especially as we go into the holidays and really look at the other thing that's really interesting to me. Well, first of all, it's really interesting to me that my text messaging app is like two and a half hours. How could I possibly spend two and a half hours texting? (laughs) Like what? I mean, that's over the course of a week, but it's still pretty funny. Anyway, it also gives you the amount of times you pick it up, which I think is really interesting because it's that's the habit, right? Like, oh, I'm going to pick up my phone and look at it. And you can see every single day how many times you pick up. And I'm, yeah, I'm totally outing myself. So my average is 59 times a day, a day. The highest was on Wednesday, 73. And that was Wednesdays are when I publish the podcast. And so I probably am occasionally looking and I'm, you know, posting on Instagram and doing stories and, and then looking at the stats to see if people are listening to the episode. And it's like, why am I doing that? (laughs) So I'm just outing myself there and encouraging you to look at what is it that you, what habits do you have that you use to sort of tune out, disengage, not think about your feelings, right? Or maybe even worse, like sometimes with social media, it can make you feel worse because you're comparing yourself to others. It depends. I mean, I, I also... I will say I had a really amazing experience with social media yesterday where um, a local artist that I really love, I've found her art in a crystal shop and I tagged her. I found, then I found her on Instagram and I tagged her in a post and then she and I started following each other and um, she put in her stories that she was going to be, they have like a pop-up maker's market for the holidays, downtown Santa Cruz. So I went and I got to meet her in person. And she was like super happy to meet me too. I'll actually tag her. Her name is Brie. I forget her last name. It starts with a K. Um, but I will tag, I'll uh, link in the show notes. She has. She does these collages that I just find to be so beautiful and really inspiring. So social media isn't all bad. It's, I, you know, I'm a social media manager. I use social media to communicate. I think it's a really great way to do that. But at the same time, it has its pitfalls. (laughs) And be honest with yourself about how you're using it. So the other thing that I also want to bring up is food because around the holidays, sometimes it can be, it can be really challenging to just eat consciously, right? And this is something that Rich and Julie really got into on their podcast because their whole thing is, I mean, not their whole thing, but one of the biggest things about them is that they're plant-based. I'm also plant-based and they were talking about what it's like to, you know, be at a holiday meal where you're, you know, you're eating one way and all the other people eat a different way. So there's that, which is, that's another thing that I've really had to navigate. Both of my sisters are sort of, I would say, (laughs) vegetarian-ish. Like, uh, they eat seafood, and they don't, neither of them eat meat. Um, they definitely both eat dairy and eggs. The, all the boys and my mom, everyone eats, all of them eat everything. 
So there's always like some big thing, big meat thing on the dinner table. But then we also make something vegetarian and they've totally adapted and made sure that the vegetarian thing is also vegan, which is amazing. Not, you know, it's so I know that it stresses, sometimes it stresses people out. I cook really simply. I love to cook, but when I, I actually really don't like cooking in other people's kitchens, which is not an excuse. It's just like using other people's tools. I'll do it, but I just don't love doing it. Um, and of course my family, for all of them to come to, to me in California would be a big deal. And so it's never happened. So we've never had like a big family meal that I've been in charge of. So I try to be super cool and mellow about it. Like whatever, I eat vegetables. Like I don't need some fancy plant-based meal for dinner, but they want, you know, I mean, people want to make something special. It's that's what part of the holidays. And the other thing is all the desserts. Like I generally will make one vegan dessert that I can eat and they're all eating cookies. My mom makes like many types of cookies. My sister has like her in-laws bring all these cookies and and so there's just a ton of desserts and just sh- and then she's also a teacher so she gets a lot of treats and stuff from the kids, from her students. And it's it's just one of those things that there's this plate of cookies out on the table or the counter at all times. And so you may have some similar situation where you have to navigate, like, is this really how I want to eat? Like, let's think about how, how, yes, it's normal. Like, it's actually really normal for us to want to hibernate right now. Like, what's more important in, in, for me is the energetics of the season, which is, you know, the winter solstice is the 21st. It's coming up. It is the shortest day of the year. So it's dark, you know, depending on where you live, what latitude, you may have very short days and it feels natural to go to bed early, you know, and to maybe sleep in a little bit later. And that's natural, but then we do this whole like holiday season hubbub where you have to go to this party and that party and do this thing and, and all the things and do spend all this money on people. And so it's it's just something that I want to bring to your awareness that you can do it more consciously. You just have to decide what feels right to you. And I'm not telling you what to do or how to do it, but it's something that you have to really think about. What is it that is important to me? And so for me, what's important to me is spending time with my family. And so one of the things I'm super excited to do this uh, this you know Christmas week is the new Star Wars movie comes out. And so I buy, I'm going to buy tickets for the entire family to go. And we're all going to go. And we usually see it in 3D or whatever. <laughs> and it's super fun because I, I loved Star Wars as a kid. I still love Star Wars. And it's something that all the boys love too. So it's, it's like this thing that I get to like, yeah, make sure that we all do it together. And it's really fun. And there are other things. We also play a lot of games, which is something I we always did as kids too. My dad was really into card games and yeah, different board games. And so we always played. And so I'm always, we always play Uno. <laughs> we have like these hilarious games of Uno with 11, 12 people. And it's just really fun. So I just like really cherish those moments instead of choosing to remember all, you know, the lit, the other little things that are happening underlying this, like, you know, someone's mad about this or someone's, you know, people are stressed out, frankly. I mean, honestly, 
That's the thing. My sister is a teacher. She's an eighth grade teacher, a seventh and eighth grade teacher. Like you could not pay me to be a seventh and eighth grade teacher. And this is what she does, right? Like that is a, that is a legit, really big, um, energetic, energetic career that she had to, that she took on and is doing. And like, she's, she shows up for kids who are in the midst of this, like change. They're like so awkward and they're becoming adults, but they're not yet adults. They're still kids, you know? And it's, it's such an awkward time. So it's very stressful for her. And so then when she gets the time off, it's like, ah, you know, and then she's hosting the entire family at her house. And so I, I 100% understand why it's, why it's stressful for her. And so I try to make it, I try to help. Right. And so that's, that's just my perspective, very personal, like my family's dynamics that I thought could be helpful for you to, for you guys to hear. But the most important part of all of it is that I'm still doing my sadhana as I travel. So when I stay at my mom's house, I have the space to do it wherever I want. Like I'll just do it in my, my bedroom. But sometimes I'll stay at my sister's houses and at their houses, I'm staying in one of the boys' rooms and they're staying somewhere else. And so like literally I've been doing, you know, I have had sadhanas where I'm like surrounded by Legos and, <laughs> and, and actually the youngest one, Ollie, will come in. He knows he's the early riser and he knows I'm awake. So he'll come in and sometimes he'll join me on, on one of my meditations, which is just amazing. But that is literally the most important thing for me is to, no matter what, I still have a morning practice. And I know it's challenging when traveling. And if you don't have a morning practice, but you do it in the evening or you do it whenever works for you, that's great. Just make sure you still prioritize it when you're in these, you know, during these holiday times where your schedule is totally different. And maybe, maybe your schedule isn't different. Maybe you're still working and everyone else is out, uh, you know, out and on vacation. So just be gentle with yourself. Recognize that your emotions are your superpowers. Let the emotions come up, but you don't have to behave based on some reaction to an emotion. You can just invite it in, let yourself feel it and ask yourself what, what is happening here? Why am I feeling this way? Cause most people don't want to know. <laughs> um, and I'm at a point where I know that every time I have a feeling, which is all the freaking time because I'm such a sensitive person, I, there is some information for me there, right? So your emotions are not, they're, they're not, um, what's the word? It's not a handicap. It's your superpower. And when you really get into that, you get used to feeling what, okay, why, and uh, not analyzing, not overanalyzing your feelings, but just inviting them in, letting yourself feel and asking yourself, what, why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? So there is that difference between like, I, I think that there are a lot of people that go to therapy their entire lives and they love to overanalyze their their feelings and their thoughts. And that can be helpful. It can also not be helpful if you're, if you're not getting to the real root cause. So for me, through yoga and meditation, I'm able to process things 
without the help of a therapist, I'm not saying there's nothing. I mean, I actually think therapy is amazing. I think it can be really helpful. I have been lucky enough to have the ability to communicate with the people in my life in general. You know, I always have someone that I can talk to about what's going on with me, which is really important. It is so important that you have someone to just, someone that you completely trust, that you can bounce these things off of. And, you know, it's really important to find someone that isn't going to try to solve your problems. They're going to listen. And that's something, I mean, I have been guilty of doing that, trying to solve people's problems and have opinions about everything. And I'm really making an effort to just listen to people because that's really what, what everyone needs. So this is something you can be for your family, not digging up their junk, but just, you know, by being you and being unconditionally loving and willing to listen, you can let them open up in a way that works for them. And it may take a lifetime. (laughs) Like, you know, with parents, often that is the case. They were raised in, and I mean, uh, there are people listening to this podcast who were raised in that culture of like, well, we don't talk about our feelings. We, we don't, you know, they don't have the tools for processing. And that's something that I definitely see in my mother and in my father who passed away when I was 19. He definitely did not have tools for processing emotions. And what would happen is it would come up as a, he would blow up and then he would make sure everyone you know, it, I don't know if it was conscious or not, but everyone in the, in the house had, was feeling the way he was feeling. <laughs> like you knew how he was feeling. And as a super empathetic person, a- empathic person who I can literally feel people's feelings, it was really intense for me. Whereas I've talked to my mom and she like, it wasn't, that was not hard for her. She just let things slot, like let things go. And that's amazing. Like I, you know, I definitely know that I chose, my soul chose to come into this family for a reason. And that's, you know, one of the things that I have really fully accepted. And now I'm seeing what exactly I've learned through this process of of being who I am, being willing to um, courageously be who I am, no matter what everyone else thinks. So I show up, you know, I live 3,000 miles away. I come back home for the holidays, in, in air quotes, and I'm the, the wacky vegan, the woo-woo one wearing crystals and... <laughs> Um, talking about yoga and meditation and, but I don't, so I, I don't preach. I basically, I'm just, I am who I am and they can take it or leave it and it's okay. And that, that is working for everyone. Actually, it's really beautiful to see that. I don't, you know, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I don't have to convert everyone to plant-based life. <laughs> it's, you know, it's up to them. What all I can do is be the lighthouse. Like this is who I am. I it's working for me and people are either going to see that and and want to know more or they're not, and that's fine. And that includes the people closest to you. It includes partners cuz that's the other thing. It's like often these transitions, these Spiritual transitions happen when you're already in a relationship and 
Maybe your partner isn't on the same page as you and that's okay. That doesn't mean you have to walk away from them. It does, it, you may have to, you may vibrationally, like you may energetically become a, a mismatch, like you, where you're vibrating at completely different frequencies and they may drop away or they may, you may be able to uplift them with you. And, and I don't mean by like force, <laughs> I mean, just by letting them be, you are shifting your, by you shifting your energy, working on you, this is what they say in recovery is stay on your side of the street and other people, the relationship starts to shift without you actually even saying anything. It's just that you are interacting differently. I had a really interesting conversation with someone from work at our holiday party um, a, a couple last weekend and it yeah, so there was one of the guys that works with me on the boat said, hey, guess what? I, I only eat meat once a week now. And I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, I saw that movie Game Changers on Netflix. And if you've heard about Game Changers, check it um, and haven't watched it, check it out. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. Uh, but they basically, it's so well done and it's perfectly marketed for men. <laughs> like it basically, I love, I love how there are these, there are, there are plant-based, you know, advocacy movies like Cowspiracy, where it's like really appealing to the people who care about animals and and are just like really when they see it and they're disgusted by the way the industry works. Then there are others. There's another. Um, there are ones that talk about like what the health they're talking about your, you know, how it can really change, like you can reverse diseases and stuff. And now this one, Game Changers, is it's really focuses on athletes and how you don't have to be eating a ton of meat. Protein is not the answer to like building muscle. And it's not just about athletes, but it basically, because I mean, men in our culture have been told their entire lives, like you have to eat lean meat in order to gain muscle. And it's not, it's not true by the way. Um, but it's, it's just really interesting. So anyway, this guy on the ship who I work with on the ship is, um, he, he saw the movie and I was just like, yeah, okay, that's awesome. And, but then as we're talking, he said, um, yeah, so he has this one cheat day, like one day where he just goes all out and he eats meat and he drinks and, and then all the other days he doesn't. And I think that is amazing. I also think it's amazing if you choose to do meatless Mondays or whatever, have one day a week where you don't eat meat. I, I am one of those vegans who thinks any level of you eating more vegetables is like I'm 100% cheering for. That's that's my that is my stance on what other people should do is like eat more vegetables. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but it was interesting cuz then at the end of the conversation he said, "You know, you definitely had a part. You you played a part in me doing this." And I was like, "I did." Like and it was just from showing up on the ship. So when I go to sea, so this is a ship that goes out for usually a, a week or 10 days at a time. And we have a cook and it's three square meals a day and it's very specific times. And you show up into the galley and you eat and then you go back to work. And our cook 
has been incredibly accommodating for me and making, making things, um, like he's, you know, by no means, uh, plant-based chef like he's not making fancy plant-based meals but he makes he makes sure that like he doesn't throw butter into the vegetables and chicken broth into the soup and he's so incredibly accommodating I I mean it's amazing and so the guys will yeah I mean they've just noticed it's not like I don't talk about being vegan all the time but they, everyone knows, or at least I try not to talk about being vegan all the time. There's a joke. So there was one Christmas where my entire family decided at the Christmas dinner table to tell vegan jokes. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not kidding. This is what it was like at first. (laughs) And I just rolled with it. But I will say the funniest one, which is the one I can remember, is that how do you know if someone's vegan? Don't worry. They'll tell you. (laughs) It's so true. But for the record, the reason why we tell you is because we don't want to eat something that's going to make us sick. I don't want to eat something with milk in it because it will make me sick because I can't digest milk anymore because I don't eat it. You know, I don't drink it. So um, the other funny joke was, what do what do vegan zombies eat? Grains. <laughs> so then the next year pops around and my nephew's like, oh, I have another vegan joke and and he told one and then I was just like, you know what, can we not make it a holiday tradition to tell vegan jokes at the dinner table? And they were all like, okay. You know, it wasn't, I didn't make a big thing out of it. I just made it clear like, okay, we've had our fun. Can we move on now? <laughs> and they did. So that's another way to address these kinds of issues and you may have like completely different scenarios but I'm sure you can see the parallels in it so I thought it would just be helpful to do this and release to talk about my experience and release it before the holidays really ramp up but the other thing I want to say is during the solstice so the the days coming up to the solstice and on the solstice just really give yourself some time extra time to rest to be gentle with yourself and to meditate <laughs> you knew that was coming right um it's it's a really powerful time these these portals that you know people talk about it like a portal and it is it's 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 an ener- there is energy coming from the cosmos for you to support you and if you do the opposite of what that energy is helping you do it's just it's not like bad it just isn't going to it's not helpful for you it's a really great time to um take advantage of this energy that's happening it's a really beautiful time to get really clear on what is it that you, what are your priorities? What are you grateful for? What do you want to do with your life moving forward? It's a really beautiful time to do that. So I really encourage it. Also, I'm back on my, I'm going to say this again. You cannot drink too much water. (laughs) especially when you're um, eating differently and maybe drinking more alcohol. Like you just, you got to drink water. You got to stay hydrated. It is literally the best way for you to keep your body functioning so that you can process all this energy and release a lot of energy too. 
So don't be surprised if you feel like you're releasing a lot. It's normal. That's also why family stuff can come up at the holidays is like, this is a normal time to be releasing things. We're supposed to be hibernating. Remember? (laughs) Um, And working much shorter days and none of us, the way we live in our culture, we're not doing any of that. We are just still living the same kind of life. And then with all our technology, we extend it. We're, we're sleep, you know, sleeping way less people. I know so many people that struggle with sleep. It's insane how many people are having trouble with sleep. And It's, I think it's got a lot to do with, I mean, you know, just the stress, the way we eat, the way, you know, we're eating processed foods. Then on top of that, we're looking at phones and computer screens all day and it messes with your melatonin, with your natural cycles. So just be aware. I highly recommend putting the phone away for the last couple of hours of the evening, not watching TV, definitely not having TV in bed, like read a book (laughs) before bed or meditate. (laughs) That's, That's what I would recommend for this time of year, for all times of year, but especially right now. It's just so powerful appreciate the Christmas lights. I mean, I will say I love Christmas lights. They make me so happy because it's like twinkling stars, you know, and it's, that's the other thing I feel like I should address is um, I also, I came from a family where we went to church and so we go to church on Christmas Eve I pretty much rejected religion when I was a teenager, I would say. And I I have no judgments on anyone who feels a deep connection to a you know to a, a spirituality through religion. I think that's beautiful. I think a religion has often been used to manipulate people. That's just my opinion. But um I'm able to go to church with my family because it's like we're going as a family, but I I don't, I sit down while they go up for communion because I just don't, it doesn't feel right for me. Um, and my nephews just know that I don't do that. It's funny because my, my brother-in-law is Jewish, so he doesn't either. And one time my nephew asked if I was Jewish. <laughs> And I was like, no, I just, I just don't do communion. And that was, you know, it wasn't a whole thing. And so just being really open to everyone's beliefs, letting, uh, like, I think what's really beautiful about this time of year is the fundamental, like when you take consumerism out of it, it's about giving gratitude and, um, you know, really being thankful for what you have. And I also think it's really beautiful to invite in the magic of Christmas. And if you're not Christian, which I'm not, I don't consider myself Christian. Side note, I love Jesus as a ascended master. And I will have a podcast coming up soon where we're going to talk about that Jesus Christ, Christ energy, and even Mary Magdalene, because we really got deep into that on the uh, retreat in France with Sate Beer. And Christy Noel, she, she also had has a very deep relationship to Mary Magdalene. And so hopefully we will be getting into that in an episode coming up. So I'll just say that I like Jesus, the way I see it is Jesus was a yogi and he 
loved everyone and everything and was 100% unconditionally loving. So what's not, what's not to celebrate, right? His birth, that's great. <laughs> the world was lucky to have him. It, it got really ugly after, you know, after how it turned out and what, how they turned his teachings into something to, you know, try to control people. But the fundamentals of Jesus's teachings are really about love. And it's hard to argue with that. So I just thought I'd give my perspective on that and just say that like yeah inviting in the magic of Christmas Santa and reindeer and all because it's actually really fun to to just let let kids and the kid in us because we all have that you know inner child let yourself believe in the magic because it's real. I'm not saying Santa's real, but the magic is real. So I hope you have an amazing holiday season, amazing winter solstice, and stay tuned. So next week, there's going to be an episode. I believe Christmas is on Wednesday. So I am still going to release the podcast on Christmas and it will be talking about calling in your manifestations sort of to prepare you for New Year's. It's not about New Year's resolutions. It's about being really clear about what you're calling into your life. So check it out if you don't listen on Christmas, which I expect most people won't. You never know. You can listen that week before before the New Year's. All right. Love you guys. Sat Nam. Mm -hmm.